Welcome to Park City Church. You're listening to our weekly message, where we hope you'll be inspired and encouraged to know and follow Jesus and welcome and serve others. Thank you for tuning in. By way of introduction, this is in in, in some sense a summary, I think, of where we've been the last few weeks. And just uh, a heads up, loosely, what I think I'm going to do this morning uh, is sort of start at the end the way my wife likes to read a book. I'm going to start at the end and work my way back to the beginning. And you can judge her however you choose and confront her uh, at your leisure uh, about that practice. But we're, we're going to start at the end and, and work our way back. Um, but, but I think if we start at the end, where, where we finish, uh, the last couple of verses there, verse 13, and you who were dead in your trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive with him, having forgiven us all our sins, canceling the record of debt and its legal demands. He set it aside, nailing it to the cross, uh, disarmed the rulers and authorities, right? Right from the beginning, or rather right at the end, but the beginning for us. Uh, what we see Paul doing here in this letter to early Christians in Colossae uh, is he, he orients them. He tells them, you are here, right? You are here. You were dead in your sins. You've been a mate. You've been made alive in Christ. And so just, uh, he's just, he's planting their feet, uh, giving them a marker. Like this is, this is where you are. You are here. Uh, I, I thought about sort of that, um, as, as I've thought about that, that need, right? It's what we hope happens every time you come. When we talk about knowing and following Jesus and welcoming and serving others, is that in a world that invites you to plant your feet in so many places, in a world that makes it really easy to neglect or forget or walk away from the goodness and grace of God, uh, we want to help, we want to help remind you, you are here. You are here. We want to invite you, uh, whether you have been walking with him for a long time or you're just exploring, but uh, to invite you to plant your feet here in God's grace and goodness that you were dead in sins, but you've been made alive. I um, maybe by way of illustration, loosely, we'll see how well this works. But uh, I, I had to go to the doctor recently because I was on a run and I tripped and uh, got a, a scratch like uh, on my thigh, and uh, as you do. And so I went into the justice like, you need a tetanus shot. I'm like, really? She's like, yeah, you, you know. I'm like, I got this. She's like, no, you, you need a tetanus shot. So I went to the doctor, and uh, I was sitting there with the doctor, and you know, showed uh, the 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 injury, and uh, you know, I went limping in. I'm like, ah, oh, right. <laughs> and uh, and so I'm meeting with a doctor, and uh, she's a doctor that my family has seen on a couple of occasions. So we were, you know, we're familiar with her, and and. Um, and uh, she asked uh, over the course of, of uh, kind of getting in there, she's, she's like, oh, she's like, are you a cyclist? And uh, I thought, you know, it's it's the runner's legs, right? Like I, I was feeling pretty good. So I went home, you know, after the exam and went home and kind of uh, went in with, a, with a, just, a, a, just a strut in, in my stride and was like, uh, you know, yeah, Jess. So she's like, so you must be a cyclist. And uh, I'm like, it's clearly the like runner's thighs, right? And this is getting awkward. So I'll move on quickly. But uh, Jess is like, you know, that could be it. She's like, but, but also you're wearing a Tour de France t-shirt, right? Like you're wearing a cyclist uh, t-shirt and immediately just, just brought me back, right? Just, just grounded my feet in uh, reality and, and humility, 
and I'm thankful for it. And I think in a sense, right, I think in a sense, uh, but perhaps in a positive way, that's what Paul is doing for his uh, readers here and for us, is that he's, ground, he's, he's wanting to ground you, to keep your feet, my feet, uh, grounded in, in the reality specifically of the gospel. Right? The reality that because of Christ, we were dead, but now we are alive. You were made alive. There is life and hope and uh, freedom where before there was sin and, and, and uh, brokenness uh, and slavery. He says, you, you have been made alive. Paul, as he does over and over again and all throughout so much of his writing, uh, because I think it's new, because it's easy to forget. It's easy to get lost in other stories and narratives, some of them false, like my perception of myself in that moment. Uh, but but Paul recognizes it's so easy to get lost in other narratives. And he, he says, I, I need to ground you and your feet in the reality of the gospel, the good news. You were dead, yes, but now you are alive. You are here. This is where you are. More specifically, right, like you, you are made alive, right? Here, where you are here, you this morning, is forgiveness of sins, cancellation of, of debts and shame and regret. As, as Paul has done throughout his writings, he's orienting his readers and us, you and me, even still today, around this truth grounding us in this reality. You were in darkness, just kind of groping along, trying to find your way. But here, he says, you are in light and forgiveness and redemption, as he puts it a chapter or so earlier in this letter. He'll say, uh, we, we may look at this in just a moment, at the end of chapter one, he'll say, you were alienated. There was separation, there was distance, there was brokenness. But but here, he says, where you are, you are here. Here you have been brought home. You are, again, alive. You are here. You are made alive. And, and I think, if, if I could, again, just stress, this is what I pray happens every time you come to Park City, virtually or uh, in the flesh. Uh, every time we talk about knowing and following Jesus and welcoming and serving others, every time we sing and worship and gather around scripture, or small groups during the week or uh, conversations uh, here, uh, is that you will hear, uh, you'll hear this, this reminder. You'll be pulled back to grounding your feet in this truth. You are here. You have been made alive. And, and here's what, what I think is true. Uh, maybe it's true for you. Um, what, what I fear maybe is true is that often our lived experience doesn't, it doesn't match this uh, reality, this truth. Uh, it leaves us, I think, perhaps with, with uh, maybe a, a different feeling altogether. If, if you know, I, I took the girls on a hike in Shawnee Mission Park this week, my, my daughters who were eight, and uh, our first sort of step into those little single track trails where dirt bikes and, and folks are going, and they had all the trail maps with the little markers, you know, like, you are here. And so we were just examining the map. I was trying to get them, could, could they, like, make sense of the, the markers we had passed, the map we were looking at. And, and if I were to ask you, if I were to ask you this morning to answer the question, like, where, where, would, where would your marker be this morning? What's your here? 
uh, this morning. Right? Paul is trying to tell us you're here is that God has made you alive. You were dead, but you've been made alive. But again, our lived experience doesn't often match that. So where would, where would that marker be for you? I think in the current moment, for many of us, it might be anxiety. It might be loneliness or isolation. It might be fear and uncertainty. What do I do with my kids? What, what does my career look like now? What, what, uh, what, what, what is going to happen in the world, right? What's the political climate of our country going to be? All, all these uh, kinds of questions. Maybe, maybe that marker for you is, is, in, is in fear and uncertainty. Maybe it's in broken relationships and uh, the struggle of trying to find peace and reconciliation. Maybe it's Maybe it's just in an, in an aimlessness, a, a kind of like, uh, well, well, what, what do I do uh, now? Well, what, what is next? What's my purpose? What, what am I aiming at? Where, where's all of this going? And, and there's a disorienting feeling of, of like, I don't really know where I am and I can't make sense of, of, of where I am. And my hope is that wherever that marker might be for you, the Park City is a place uh, where you, where you hear uh, again and again, because, because we, it doesn't matter how long we've been at it. Uh, we all, all need the reminder, uh, the, the, the rest that comes from hearing again that you are alive. You have been made alive. And that all those other markers of being what they are in the midst of all of that, Paul uh, pulls us back to the truth uh, and invites us to rest in it. You were dead. But now you were made alive. You were burdened under the weight of sin and shame and, and all of that. But now he says, you are forgiven. And my invitation to you every week, um, this week in particular, the particulars of your trail markers in your life would be to rest here. Rest here. Or go here, maybe for the first time. Go, let yourself go here. Take a moment to, to look at the map of your life. And, uh, but maybe not your, your map, but God's map of your life and hear him say, because of Christ, you are made alive. You have been made alive. That, that, that is what I hope happens every week here that, that, uh, you hear, you, you find, uh, you, you hear, that, that you are here, right? <laughs> that you would know, uh, you would know again, be reminded again of where your feet are planted. But that raises a question, right? Uh, much like my girls on that trail, like how did we get here? Right? How did we get here? This is the reality, the truth, the hope of the gospel that Paul tells us over and over again. You have been made alive, uh, but how did we get here? And that, again, I think is also a question that is really relevant uh, to our moment and the, the moment that we're in. I think it could find expression in a few different ways. Maybe it's a positive thing, right? Have you ever, maybe, maybe you've had that kind of feeling. Maybe in your life, I had one of those, man, how did I get here moments? Um, you know, that kind of like a maybe alarmingly lucid sort of moment where you're like, uh, your life just maybe it slows down in front of you. And maybe it's a really good thing. You know, like for me, I have those moments with the kids, right? But there'll be this moment. I'm like, I, I can't, I can't believe I'm, I'm here. How did, how did we get here? Um, 
you know, maybe for you, right, it's a moment of beauty or a moment of joy. And the question just kind of quietly like rose from within, man, how did I get here? Right? How did I get here? Then maybe it's a moment of beauty and you've been out and, and exploring something new or, uh, and in that, in that moment, that, that question, uh, or maybe life felt a little out of control, right? Just like, like what, what is, what is going on in a, in a slightly less positive sense? Life just seems to be, uh, unraveling a bit where so many of us or our neighbors may, may feel or find themselves in this moment and then we're wrestling with the question, I mean, how did, how did we get here? Maybe more broadly and culturally and uh, globally, we're asking the question, God, how did we, how did we get here? How have things come to this? How did we get here? Maybe it's a personal thing in a relationship or in a circumstance at work or in a career move or where whatever stage of life we, we, we may be in, maybe we wake up and, and we don't really know what we're going to do next. And I mean, we're free of responsibility, which sounds great until we realize that, that our purpose and, and our focus and our aim is going to be tied to those responsibilities. And we ask the question, then how did I get, how did I get here? And that I think is a question that, uh, in the midst of all of our answers to that particular question and its variation in our lives. Paul wants to help us with it here as well. It's a question that he's keen to answer about this truth that he wants you to remember. That in in all the places that you think you are, all the places that your feet may try to wander, he says, you are here. God has made you alive. And how you got here in this passage, how you got here, he says, is very simply because of Christ. So I'm going to invite you just to take a moment to look at the paragraph here um, and, and just kind of glance back through it and uh, maybe just make a note of all the times you read the words in or with him, right? In him or with him. Uh, as you just, just kind of look over it there, I mean, you can just glance through and your eyes will land on all of the references, uh, him in this case being Christ, Paul keen to help his readers perceive that they have been made alive not by any effort of their own, right? not, by any, not by any wisdom of their own, but solely because of Christ. Eight or nine times in the passage, this drawing us back to him, to the supremacy of Christ, right in the heart of it there, that, that he is God's expression in the world because of what he has done in him, with him, because of Christ again and again and again. Paul doggedly pulling us back to Jesus. God's mystery revealed, he'll say in chapter one. God's image made visible, he'll say in chapter one. And here he says, it's solely on the back of his work that we know life. We are here made alive only because of Jesus, only because of his work on the cross and his resurrection. We we move from uh, darkness and death to life. We are being made alive. And, and again, this is not new, probably to most of us, all of us, right? Uh, Paul is keen to express, you are here and the way you got here is only because of Jesus and not because of your merit or righteousness or effort. Uh, you are here because of what he has done. 
And again, it's, it's just an important uh, thing to remember in the midst of all of our answers to that question, how did I get here? And maybe your response to that question is a litany of mistakes or regrets. Maybe your response to that question is to hold up just, you know, like a Boy Scout badge, all of the reasons why, like, well, this is why I'm here. Paul says, no to all of that. You are here in God's grace and goodness, free, made alive because of Jesus. Which I think brings us to one final question uh, this morning. You are here, yes. How did you get here? Only through Christ. But I, I think it raises another question, which is, well, well, that's great, but then where do we go from here? Right? My girls and I were looking at the marker. We have a few different options. Some of them, uh, should we take this particular route significantly longer? And while my girls are full of energy, right, uh, the shorter route was the wise one. And thankfully, they came to that conclusion on their own. <laughs> uh, but, but the question is, right, looking at these markers, orienting our life in God's grace and goodness, understanding that we are there because of Jesus, then the question is, well, where do we go from here? And if we're working our way sort of back up through the passage, we land, right? You are here. God has made us alive. How? Through the heart of the passage, because of Christ, not because of religious practice of your own, not, not through all, all of the effort that you may have put into this, but solely because we are in him and with him and through him. So then where do we go from here where it's, well, I, I want to draw your attention to where Paul starts right at the beginning. Therefore, as you received Christ, Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him, right? So this, this move that in the same way in which you received him and the life that he brought, continue, continue in him. So walk in him as you received, Paul says, walk, keep walking with the one who, who brought, who brought you here. And, 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 and he continues in these next couple of verses, scholars have filled pages on what exactly the nuance, what, like what's behind the historical reference here. But in verse, uh, verse eight, so see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to elemental spirits of the world and not according to Christ, that, that he's addressing a particular pull in this community to kind of, he's like, you started with Christ, but now you're being drawn to sort of all these other uh, expressions or ways in which you, you think you will find life and you're adding them to the message of Christ or, or kind of supplementing what Christ has done with, with these other philosophies or thoughts. And, and Paul is telling them, no, you, you, you continue the same way you started, only by Christ, only by his work. Don't, he says, run back to any religious system or law or otherwise. He says, they can add nothing to what Christ has done for you. You didn't earn your way here. And you, you, you don't earn your stay here, if, 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 if you'll allow, right? Like the, the Paul is saying that the gospel, and I think a lot of times we're okay with that front end, that the gospel is like, Jesus saved me by his grace. And, and we're, we're great because of the cross. But then we, we flip right back to thinking, well, that's great, but now I got to earn my stay. I got to earn my, my stay here. And Paul in this moment telling them, no, you didn't get here because of your effort. And you don't stay here because of your effort. You, you go, uh, where do we go from here? You go forward from here, resting in the very same grace that made you alive to begin with. You don't chase philosophies, deceits, traditions as he puts them here. 
The implication, again, clear, that you don't add to or diminish or drift away from or uh, ever resting in God's grace. That, that, that you start with this grace in Christ, but you continue there as well. Paul says, right, so this is what I think this looks like for us. Like, God saves us by grace, and then, then we work, re- we just, we just, we get caught up in the same games of kind of showing how we got here. Well, this is, this is how I stay here. And Paul says, stop, stop it. That's not how it works. It's not how you got here to new life, to being made alive. And it's not how you stay here. You're here by the work and effort of one person only. And that person is Jesus. And he says, all the other striving in your life, you can let that go and rest in his grace. If I were, again, going to summarize it, I think it's just something along the lines of that, that we are, are not only made alive through Christ, like here, we're not only made alive through Christ, we stay alive through Christ, that he uh, and his work is what brings us life. I, uh, I, I was having a conversation with, with one of my daughters, actually, just in the last couple of days. And uh, uh, we, we were kind of chatting, and, and she asked this question uh, to me. She said, uh, as we were talking, the whole family was in the room. She's like, well, what's the gospel? Right? And uh, she's eight again. Um, a little little background, you know, suffice it to say, we were still talking about Charlie Brown, which we were talking about last week, which inevitably for us got around to a conversation about the gospel. And she's like, what's the gospel? And I had a couple of thoughts. My first thought was like, how did we get here? Right? I'm a pastor. Your dad is a preacher, right? Whose job he feels, his vocation, he feels it is to announce uh, only and over and over again the gospel. And, and you've been with me long enough now, nearly a decade. And, and where is this question coming from, right? Have I been so unclear? What is the gospel? Uh, but then as I, I thought about the passage that we were going to be reading this morning and really just a, a few verses earlier, my mind went back to something Paul writes just a paragraph or two before this. It's a variation of a theme, but at the end of chapter one, Verse 21, he says, again, just different words, same message. Once you were alienated from God, you were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now, he says, he has reconciled you by Christ, by his physical body, through the death on the cross, to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. Continue in your faith, established and firm. And then he says, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. This, Paul writes, is the gospel. And I thought about her. I'm like, man, I got some work to do, I suppose, to make this clear and, and, and uh, um, appro- appropriable. I don't think that's a word. Uh, to, make, to make this message clear to an eight-year-old uh, mind that this is the gospel. That, that I, your daddy, uh, on his own is a sinner, is lost and broken and selfish and wayward. But because of Jesus on a cross and in an empty tomb, or not in an empty tomb, I know life and forgiveness. She, she, over the course of that conversation, was like, yeah, the gospel, it's the Bible. I'm like, well, well yes, but no, it's, it's what the Bible points us to, the good news of what Jesus has done for us the good news that on my own I am broken and sinful and in darkness and selfish 
But because of Jesus, I am made alive. I, on my own, am dead. But because of Christ, I am made alive. And Paul says, where do we go from here? Well, we don't go very far, really. We don't don't go anywhere from here. Paul says, do not move away from this hope. That we come back to this over and over and over again. It's just another way of saying what our passage concludes with here or starts with here. As you received Christ, so walk in him. This morning is the invitation to all of us. The invitation that we hope to extend over and over and over again to uh, invite you to plant your feet in God's grace and stay there. Stay there. Thank you for listening to the Park City Church Podcast. To learn more about our church and or to find ways to get involved in our community, visit us at parkcitykc.com or follow us on social media at parkcitykc.com.